Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to episode number 110 of Thyroid Nation Radio live talk show and podcast. I'm Dana Bowman, founder of Thyroid Nation and co-founder of ThyroidHealing.Yoga. And I'm Tiffany Malonich of GratefulGarden.biz and MendingMedicine.com. Today we are talking with the fabulous board-certified naturopathic doctor, Christine Schaffner, about detoxing your brain, dental health, heavy metal toxicity, basically everything that Tiffany and I need today and uh, things to do with the brain. We're a little bit slow, so this is going to be a fantastic show. We're so excited. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That is just so true. And with no further ado, this amazing woman is already with us. So let's get this thyroid nation thriving. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? Good. It's nice to virtually meet you both. You too? <laughs> like, <laughs> and virtually meet you. I like that. Tell me how you oh. say your name. Is it Schaffner? You know, I say Schaffner. It's my married name, but that seems to be the consensus. So, <laughs> Schaffner. Oh, heavens. Schaffner sounds much more elegant. Yes, it's it's a very, yes, I like it. (laughs) Okay, from now on, you're Dr. Schaffner. It is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My anniversary is coming up on um, Sunday, so six years I've had this name now. Oh, wow. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Now, where are you calling from? We always like you know, to ask I, where you're calling from. Yeah, I live in Seattle, Washington, so I have been in Seattle um, since 2003, um, but I'm originally from Virginia outside of Washington, D.C., but the Northwest is home now. Oh, wow, cross-country. Is it yeah, toasty up change. there today? Yeah, that's You know, um, this is, yeah, definitely. It was definitely culture shock moving out here, um, but I love it. Um, and uh, the, this is the best time of year for Seattle. Um, July through September are really why everyone lives here. But actually, we um, the past week and a half, um, we've had, um, because of the fires in British Columbia, we've been affected. So um, there's been a lot of smoke in the air, and the air quality is really bad. And it's kind of just... It's not the typical uh, clear skies right now, so um, we're being affected by that. Wow! wow. So are there terrible fires? I'm I'm pretty bad. I don't I don't visit the news too frequently. I that's part of you my know, stress I, management. <laughs> I I don't either. Um, but you know when the when it um it was um it, really I couldn't avoid looking at the news with um <laughs> with the weather being this way. So um right. yeah, they're they're suffering a lot right now in British Columbia. But it seems like um, you know, I think the the wind is going to bring the smoke out hopefully soon, but it's been it's been unusual. Huh. Wow, that that I imagine that can be very, I would think, extremely dangerous with all of that greenery and you know that's my goodness. Yeah, well, yeah. I do I do have to say um, it's interesting because actually uh, my partner on uh, this new venture I'm starting, she's had some fires in Montana as well, and so she was talking about how you know, the smoke and things, it's terrible for, you know, thyroid and asthma and all kinds of stuff. And I just remember being in, being in Costa Rica and um, lived there for eight years. We just moved back last summer, Dr. Schaffner. And um, <laughs> while we were there, people, part of what they did and part of the culture was, you know, burning their trash. And mm. so uh, there was, a, a, you know, a family across the way um, and they would just, you know, burn anything 
I'm trying to I'm trying to not be too too fierce when I say this, but I'm talking like not only their leaves and their trash, but you know plastic and things. So I mean, we all got to the point where like you could hear all the neighbors just start yelling. When, yeah, when, the, when they started their fire and stuff, because like I'm in breathing this, you know, plastic stuff that's burning, and you know we're closing the doors, and you can hear all the neighbors on the street just yelling for them to pour it out. They're poor people. <laughs> so when I think of fire. That's what I think of. It's terrible for you. Absolutely. Our lungs are a huge, I mean, that's a huge route of exposure. So we get a lot of our toxicity through the air and through our lungs. So it is, it is important to be aware of. We're going to talk about all about toxicity today. Yeah. I live in the, Go ahead. Oh, sorry. You were going to talk about you. Go ahead. Sorry. My goodness. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was just going to say I live in a, in a land where they bury their trash, and it's you know as long as we're going on a terrible toxic moment here, you know they put it all in these landfills, and you know the area has trouble with water, and you know it's it's a whole different. You know, I think that the silver lining of all that is we just need to use less stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not like mm-hmm. it, we can make it go away easily. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What if they have that, you know, t- horrible trash thing in the ocean? What was it, the size of Rhode Island or something? Texas, I don't even, yeah. Mm-hmm. Texas, yeah. <laughs> oh, geez, that's, that's a big that. difference. Don't, don't, don't quote me. <laughs> right? So there's, there's no way, there's no good way. You can't burn it. You can't bury it. And I mean, we you, it's just we need to use less, right? That's mm-hmm. that's the well, and you know what? On my mind just today. Just to I don't keep, know why. Just to keep this toxicity a funny conversation in a roundabout way going, I can't remember what country it is, but they don't have a centralized, uh, you know, you know, waste management system. I can't remember if it's I don't Paraguay or I don't know somewhere. And like there was this article someone wrote about how your brain changes and, and the way you think um, changes because you start going, well, I could probably, you know, combine this box into this thing. I mean, when you're going to actually buy things, it changes the way you like look at, like even when you're going to the, like, let's just say you have to, you know, go to a restaurant or something and you're going to take something home. You're like, oh, well, maybe I just eat it all now. You know, like it's just a whole different Hold right, and you do not have a way and, to, and, to store it. And so right? I'm thinking no, that's, that's so probably true. pretty good, right? Like, you mm-hmm. know, they probably take their bottles up to the grocery store as opposed to, you know, bringing bottles home and things like that. I think it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. Know, I, that's the future. It's going to have to be. I think mm-hmm. that's the, the great, roundabout great. message. Less yeah. is more, truly. We're, we're all headed towards the minimalists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Are you ready, Lynn? <laughs> hey, after you pick up and move to Costa Rica, you know, I'm, you're totally ready after that. So yes, I'm ready. You asking me, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Minimalist. I can do it. Yeah, that would be an easy for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, I see a lot of really sick people and I, um, you know, when we um, really distill why people are so sick right now, we can't ignore our environment. And, um, you know, I think it's, you know, going to motivate us more and more um, to create change. So I, I agree. I think that's um, a big message, you know, that we need to continue to uh, share. Definitely. I'm a total mini house person. You know, I think about these you know, houses, of course, the 60s and the 70s, it was the bigger the house, right? I mean, the houses that were built in the 60s, 70s, they were huge. 
but you store you can store so much junk in there. You know, I I love the whole mini house, tiny series, house, you know, where these little yeah. tiny house, right? I mm-hmm. I'm a tiny house person. I really am. Mm-hmm. Less so than mine. You can't store things. You know, it's it's a very uh, it's very feasible for my personality. My husband, mm-hmm. on the other hand. No, He's definitely not your husband. To get clear. So we'll find a middle ground there. Well, we, I want we to... would absolutely go ahead because I know where you're going. We are going. I'm going to say, place. yep, we are going the same place. We want to know about you. We want to know a little bit about growing up for you. And of course, I'm sure uh, you know you probably had some kind of medical family background. You had to have with all this information and stuff you have in your brain, but. Tell us something about your growing up and how you became where you are right now. Yeah, well, absolutely. Thank you. And I um, I really appreciate the invitation to be on your show. And I, um, you know, I grew up, as I was saying, in uh, Alexandria, Virginia. So it's right outside of Washington, D.C. And my, um, I grew up in a medical family. So my father is actually an oncologist. Mm-hmm. And, um, uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> you knew, you knew. And my mother, um, she has a nursing background, and she, um, you know, she did do some, you know, patient care, but then she really translated her, or transitioned her uh, career more into education, and then she also um, was a director of quality and education at a hospital, and um, so I was just um, always around medicine, and, um, you know, I I knew from a young age I contemplated, you know, wanting to be in medicine and wanting to help people and wanting to be a doctor, but I I definitely took, um, you know, it was a journey um, finding naturopathic school and uh, finding um, that that was the way that I wanted to practice medicine. And I would say probably in high school, I was um, exposed to a lot of different ideas and I was um, very interested in the mind-body-spirit connection. And, um, you know, as I was um, going through um, college, you know, I um, it took me, um, you know, some time, but I um, eventually decided I did psychology and also pre-medicine. But as I got closer and closer to making that decision on whether to go to medical school or naturopathic, um, you know, I ended up uh, making the choice to go to naturopathic school, and I, um, you know, that's what brought me out to uh, Bastyr University. So I um, traveled from Virginia to Seattle, and um, I went to Bastyr, and I, um, you know, I basically, I, I graduated um, in 2003 from the University of Virginia, and then um, moving out to Seattle was, you know, a big change and a big, you know, culture shock in a lot of ways. Um, there was so much new information, and I thought I knew a lot about health, and, you know, then I was, you know, immersed in naturopathic school and really realized I was such a beginner, and, you know, I was young then, and I um, I actually made the decision, which was very not like my personality, but it was, um, you know, I, I always say um, to my patients, trust the timing. Um, and I um, ended up taking um, what was going to be a year break. Um, it was a two-year break from naturopathic school. But in that time, it really, really, really clarified uh, my decision to go back to Bastyr. And it's amazing when you don't think you're on your path, you're on your path. And uh-huh. um, during that during that two-year break, um I actually, I I loved spas and spa medicine, and I um, thought I would get my massage license just to work because I had to, you know, pay my bills, and um, I ended up up getting my aesthetics license because it was only like four and a half months 
Um, and so I did that. And then I have a great friend, um, we're like soul sisters. She and I went through that program together. And then we, um, we actually moved to Colorado for about a year. And in that, um, you know, in that time, um, I actually, even though I was drawn to working at spas, I had a really cool opportunity where I was working at um, a nonprofit called the Aspen um, Center for Integral Health. And this was in 2005. And, um, you know, they were, we, I helped put on conferences and we hosted people like David Perlmutter and Dr. Ray. And, um, you know, um, I learned about mercury in the mouth and, you know, all of these things that, um, you know, I, I didn't realize at the time, but that was going to be the foundation for a lot of what I do in my patient care. And um, so, I went through this whole journey and, you know, I actually ended up taking the MCAT because I didn't know if I wanted to go to medical school and be more of an integrative doctor or go back to naturopathic school and really taking the MCAT made me really, you know, focus on, I, I wanted to be, um, a naturopathic doctor. And so I moved back out to Seattle in 2007 and it was again, just perfect timing. I met my husband right away. I met dear friends. I, I just felt like I, you know, it was just, um, very in the flow. And, um, so I graduated in 2010, about seven years ago. And right off the bat, I started working with Dr. Klinghardt. Um, and that wasn't my intention. I didn't set off you know, I was exposed to, um, you know, his ideas through some preceptorships and some mentorship, and I was always fascinated about um, his work, but I, I didn't really set out to um, treat Lyme disease. I, um, you know, that wasn't on my radar, um, but again, the universe had a different plan for me, and so I, um, you know, I started in 2010 working with him, and I um, have learned so much. I mean, from day one, we start, you know, I've started seeing the toughest cases and, you know, people who've seen 25, 30 doctors and tried, you know, these patients don't just get off of, you know, gluten, you know, their diets are uh, dialed in, but they're still very, very sick. And so, um, so yeah, we, um, Dr. Klinghardt and I created um, Sophia Health Institute in 2012, and we are in Woodenville, Washington, which is outside of Seattle. And, you know, we really specialize in treating patients who have um, chronic illness. And, you know, we say Lyme disease um, because it's a great, you know, and I'm, I'm so happy that there's so much more information online and more people are talking about Lyme disease. I think more celebrities have Lyme. So, you know, that always is a, you know, um, a turning point in America when celebrities have certain things, people pay attention. Um, and it's a safer time, I think, to talk about it than it used to be. But I, um, you know, Lyme is just kind of one part of what we treat. And um, we look at not only Lyme, but other chronic infections. We look at environmental toxicity. Um, we look at, you know, epigenetics and all of the influences there. And then Dr. Klinghart has this model that we use um, called the five levels of healing. And it just is a good framework. And there are many different traditions and models for this. But, you know, I feel like it's a very good framework to really educate people and patients that we're more than our physical body. And when we have symptoms on the physical plane, um, it can also, um, it, you know, it's a symptom of, you know, maybe some other parts in our life that need attention. So the, the five levels are, of healing are the physical body the energetic body, the mental body, the intuitive body, and then the spiritual body. So it just acknowledges, you know, all those parts of ourselves. So, um, so yeah, you know, we, um, you know, we learn every day and our uh, medicine is continually evolving. And, you know, I'm really passionate on trying to get people diagnosed um, sooner because a lot of our patients um, lose, unfortunately, decades of their life trying to figure out, 
you know, why they're sick. You know, they go to many doctors, they get prescribed antidepressants or told, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just in your head. And so they lose a lot of time on understanding why they're sick and what needs to be treated. So, you know, we're really committed to trying to educate and try to shorten that time. And then also, you know, that's just step one. When, but when you've been sick for many, many years, it takes time to recover. And, of course, you know, we don't have the magic bullet, but we have, you know, um, definitely a comprehensive approach. And it does take time to recover one's health. But I, um, I cannot tell you how rewarding it is um, to see patients who show up, um, you know, on the, on the initial consult and they are so sick. And, so you know, sick. they really, yeah, so sick. And, you know, um, you know, just to see them recover their health and recover their spirit is, is why we do the work we do. I have a friend that is get, just absolutely getting whooped by Lyme, and mm-hmm. it took her, my goodness, forever to get diagnosed. Mm-hmm. You know, she got diagnosed actually properly, holistically, and then mm-hmm. went back to her conventional physician and said, you know, because she tested negative with the simple testing, and then right. went back to the to the conventional um, physician and said, you know, this testing came out positive. So then they tested her again a little bit more thoroughly, I believe. But she absolutely mm-hmm. is just getting whooped. And it's funny that you say get their spirit back because mm. she just she's exhausted. I mean, it's you know, I mean, there were so mm. many things that were very you know positive about being diagnosed, but then she was just you know uh, you know then the the work started and she had to grieve the diagnosis and it was really it's mm-hmm. just such a process but my mm-hmm. goodness Lyme disease reminds me a little bit of the thyroid in in the respect when you were saying it's great mm-hmm. that the awareness is coming out um but it really is you know a, a slippery slope finding a physician that can mm-hmm. properly diagnose and treat you you know what i mean mm-hmm. that's that's just very similar to thyroid disease where you know really the care of the patient, you know, um, really many times depends on how well-versed your physician is in, in thyroid mm-hmm. disorders. Absolutely. But, and when you just rely on lab tests, you can miss a lot of what's going on with someone. And I completely agree with your statement in that, um, you know, with Lyme for many years, um, people who treat it not only look at labs, but they look at it as a clinical diagnosis. And really with thyroid, um, you have to consider that too, because there's only so much, um, you know, TSH and free T4 and free T3 can really right. tell us, you know, but there is so much more going on the bo- and on in the body that could be um, affecting how people respond to their thyroid hormone and how efficient it is. So I, um, you know, many people can be symptomatic without having that clarity in the labs. Well, and finding the, the etiology of it, you know, I mean, there's, mm-hmm. you know, just taking the thyroid medication may fix the thyroid hormone status, but it doesn't fix the etiology of how your thyroid got there in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's a great the, point. That's the hundred percent. That is right, and, and really, it, really, if you think about it, that's really the problem. I mean, of course, you have to. It is you, know, you have to. You have to balance, and you have to maintain your thyroid and your hormones and things. But really, that's the problem because you can get somebody who who's really sick or even really sick, and they're you know it depends. They think, okay, well, I've got my thyroid fixed, so I'm fine. And they're really not. If you look at it, right, the body has slowed the gas pedal on purpose. It's going, it kind of reminds me of, you know, when you're breastfeeding a child, right, that the body says, you're going to slow down. 
Mm-hmm. Here's how this is right. going to work. Okay, we're going to give you this really cute little baby with these little toes and, you know, <laughs> sit there and play with their face and twirl their hair while they're nursing. And it's a bonding. It's a slowdown for the mom. So, I mean, I really think, you know, like with the thyroid, the thyroid, the body slows you down on purpose, purpose. for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's going, wait, we don't have enough here to, to mm-hmm. keep going at this rate. So, I mean, this, this is something that bothers me consistently where we, when we add thyroid hormone, right, we're, we're, we're putting the gas pedal on, and it's great for getting your kids to baseball or going to your, you know, to your, to your job or whatever, but that doesn't mean that the body is in accordance with the gas pedal. Mm-hmm, right? It's mm-hmm. almost like there's a conflict of interest there going on. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, the body is wise. I mean, there is, uh, um, with naturopathic medicine, we acknowledge that there is this thing called the vital force and that the, there is um, just an innate intelligence and wisdom in the body. And the more we know, we know. But I still say the more we know, we still have no idea. I mean, um, but I, I do, um, you know, there's nothing is random in the body and everything happens in the reason. And, um, I do believe, you know, yes, uh, treat thyroid disorders, um, please, you know, palliate symptoms so people can function in life, but always with that lens of why, you know, what is the root cause and never, never, um, you know, settle for just, you know, stopping at a superficial level, but always looking deeper and looking at, um, the true cause of why people, um, have, you know, have symptoms in the first place. So I, I agree. Yeah, your thyroid's well, kind of like gonna... the last stop, it seems like. You know, it's like all these other things kind of are doing all this stuff, and finally your thyroid says, okay, I tried to warn you. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Mm-hmm. It. No, it's, it's so true. It's, it's uh, the orchestrator, you know. Well, let's, mm-hmm. we rarely ever talk about teeth. And I know mm-hmm. it's kind of been skimmed over and teeth and gums and, and periodontal disease and, mm-hmm. you know, you would like to talk about um, lymphatic system, and that mm-hmm. is awesome and something that really never gets addressed. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you think about there's you know people with optimized thyroid levels, mm-hmm. and yet they still have brain fog and they still have all these different things. So tell mm-hmm. us about the lymphatic system and how this mm-hmm. applies with thyroid mm-hmm. disease. Absolutely. We don't um, talk about that, so I'm super excited. No, we yeah, don't. Yeah. <laughs> so excited. No, we really and, don't. And go ahead with what is the lymphatic system. Let's start there. Absolutely. This is. I was so excited to learn about this, and I'm still surprised on how new this information is. So I appreciate um, you wanting to talk about brain health and uh, the lymphatic system. But the lymphatic system is um, the glial lymphatic system. So it's basically how our brain uh, detoxifies and it only works at night, you know, so what we, um, you know, are aware of, uh, you know, sleep is important, of course, we all know we feel better um, with a good night's sleep, but sleep is critical uh, for our brain health, and so what happens is when we sleep, um, our brain actually shrinks in size about 60% in order to make room for the flow of lymph um, to drain out of the brain, and so um, essentially lymph Uh, flows um, along the arteries in the brain, and then it's regulated by these what we call astrocytes. And astrocytes are a type of glial cell in the brain. And it's um, you can easily Google pictures of this, and it's very cool to understand this, but 
So essentially these astrocytes have these what we call end feet. And these end feet have what we call aquaporin channels, which aqua, water, porin, porous. So water channels that help to regulate the flow of lymph through the brain. And then it drains along, um, the lymph drains along the veins. And so um, this is a, um, again, a very wise and intelligent system. Um, and again, we need sleep in order for this to function. And, you know, to tie this in right away to the thyroid gland. Um, so one of the things that we um, see very common in our patients is they have something called dysregulated antidiuretic hormone. And that is usually an outcome of Lyme disease, biotoxin illness, mold illness. And what the symptom that most patients will have are they are frequently thirsty and they pee a lot. So it's they typically have low antidiuretic hormones, so they're not holding on to their water. And the more I've read about this lymphatic system, it's fascinating. So antidiuretic hormone, actually, we need that in order to communicate to the astrocytes regulation in, um, of these aquaporin channels. So if um, you have low antidiuretic hormone, you are essentially going to not regulate and have proper and optimal lymph drainage in your brain. And then um, to tie this again back into the thyroid, the thyroid actually communicates um, also and helps to regulate this water flow in the brain. So people who have hypothyroidism or low thyroid function also have um, lower antidiuretic hormone, also lower oxytocin levels, and that actually um, is disruptive to our uh, glymphatic system. So again, as you were saying, there's so much interconnection in the body, and the more that we learn about this, um, you know, it's fascinating, but um, the glymphatic system is a huge area of interest, and I'm, I'm happy to tie it into all the things that we know. But one of the things uh, for your re uh, listeners to understand is that um, this is a very critical system for us to clear uh, toxicity, um, viruses, metals, bacteria, parasites out of our brain. We know that in Alzheimer's there can be a buildup of something called amyloid beta, and there's also all sorts of reasons why that happens. They even think um, amyloid beta is um, an antimicrobial. But what, what happens is um, they found if your glymphatic system isn't um, working right, you will have a buildup of this amyloid beta in the, um, in the brain. So we need this in order to have um, healthy brains and essentially to prevent us from Alzheimer's, dementia, you know, all of these things. So um, I was looking at um, the shows that you posted and you guys are putting out a lot of great information. And I saw you did uh, post one on the circadian rhythm and, you know, the importance of sleep. And it, this is critical for our health. So I have so many questions for you. My uh, brain is reeling. <laughs> I feel like a fishing fishing pole. I'm like, okay, now wait a minute, wait a minute. I mean, nobody talks about this. Girl, you need a bullhorn. <laughs> you know, we'll help you. I oh, right. You. I don't even know where to start. I mean, when you said lower oxytocin levels, I mean, this is a bonding bonding hormone. Yeah. Also responsible for sex drive and. You know, people get these optimized levels, and we raise our B12 and magnesium and, and you know, vitamin D, and, and, you know, we take progesterone and all of these different things, and we still have no sex drive, right? And mm -hmm. it could be something as simple as clearing toxins from the brain. Is that what I'm hearing? 
Yeah, there's um, the connection with hypothyroidism, and hypothyroidism will um, also be another contributing factor to decreasing the release of antidiuretic hormone as well as oxytocin from the uh, the brain. And why I mention that is because um, there are um, studies and information that actually antidiuretic hormone is kind of the male version of oxytocin as well. So, yes, it has a relationship with, you know, this, uh, water regulation in the body, but it also has this, they're related, um, they're definitely related um, chemicals in the body. And so um, so that's why I brought that up. And we have been, um, yeah, oxytocin, um, there's definitely a lot more information um, about this um, connect, you know, connecting hormone. It's how we bond. It's, you know, um, when mothers breastfeed, it's how they connect, um, you know, with their children. And um, what we find is we we actually use um, homeopathic oxytocin very commonly in our patients, um, but a lot of us have um, low or dysregulated um, oxytocin levels, and uh, we can measure that now. There are some urine hormone tests that look at oxytocin as another important um, you know, hormone to look at, as well as there is not only homeopathic oxytocin, but also um, compounding uh, nasal sprays. And they look at this in children with autism as well. As well. And um, not to go down another rabbit hole, but, um, you know, women are, when they're induced in labor, they're giving an analog of oxytocin called Pitocin. And so there's mm-hmm. some um, there's some schools of thought that that is why we're seeing more dysregulated oxytocin in people because of um, the effect of pitocin, um, you know, through the birthing process. And I was I was induced oh. four times, and you know, yeah. it's so funny because people don't. And I I know there's so many thyroid patients that are going to be listening, that are going to feel me on this, and I, I feel you. I'm a very touchy person, a very touchy, mm-hmm. lovey, you know, and it's almost like it got used up. When I got diagnosed, it, you know, that need to touch another person or even, you know, to rub my kids' backs or to, you know, play with my husband's hands or, you know, I used to rub his hair all the time. I feel dead. And my fatigue <laughs> is great. My brain fog is great. So many things are better. I'm good. I'm mm-hmm. happy. But that bond, it's like that bonding deal is still missing. Mm-hmm. I feel unplugged to my own emotions. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. does. And it, it's not me. That doesn't feel like me. Anybody that knows me is kind of scratching their head. They're like, yeah, there's what happened? something about her. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. What happened, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to get and that can... back. Listen, everybody, I am going <laughs> to get that back. That's mine, <laughs> and I want it back. But Mm -hmm. it's funny because I had Epstein-Barr, and I had a Mm -hmm. really impressive, I mean, my titers were close to 500. So Mm. that was all part of that period, and I get that. And I I get the fact that, um, you know, my genetic weakness has to be my brain because that's most of where uh, my struggles are, you know. But Mm -hmm. the Epstein-Barr collects, you talk about detoxing the brain. How Mm -hmm. exactly... Does one do that? Mm-hmm. So um, absolutely, and you know, you brought up a great point. Epstein Barr—it's a very common virus that we see in our patients, and they're 
is many, many papers that show that Epstein-Barr can trigger autoimmune thyroiditis, Hashimoto's. So there's that huge connection there, but it's, you know, one piece to the puzzle. Um, you know, going, um, you know, back to brain detoxification. So it's really important, obviously, to think about having a good night's sleep. But um, I look at, um, you know, this glymphatic system and how do we optimize the glymphatic system. So proper sleep. And then, um, again, we look at kind of what's downstream from the brain. And so, again, you know, we're in the trenches seeing patients. So we kind of see what the patterns are, and then we go back and figure out why, right? And so many of our patients um, have um, um, in chronic infections or inflammation in their tonsils, and I'll explain that in a moment. And then also, um, we always, always, always do a thorough dental history. And I can go into kind of how the um, we tie the teeth into the lymphatic system as well. But when you think about, again, remember this flow of lymph um, in the brain, um, it flows along the veins and the venous system, but the lymph actually um, actually also um, flows uh, through something called the cribriform uh, plate, which is in the uh, nasal passages, and that flows um, through what's called... Um, it's called Waldeyer's ring. It's a German term for um, the five top types of tonsillar tissue we have. So, um, you know, we think about our normal tonsils. That's what most people know about. Those are just one. Um, they're the palatine tonsils. But we have um, also the adenoids, which kind of sit um, at the roof of our mouth. Um, we have the tubal uh, tonsils um, that um, sit at the base of the eustachian tube the lingual tonsils that are, um, you know, underneath the tongue. And then we also have um, around, tonsils around our voice box, um, the pharyngeal tonsils. So if any of that tissue is compromised or congested, that's going to affect um, upstream lymph drainage um, in the brain. So we always look at how do we optimize that. And so going to the next question, okay, um, you know, why would that tissue be compromised? So, yes, chronic inflammation, chronic in uh, viruses can hang out in that tissue, chronic strep can hang out in that tissue, or history of that, that could um, have affected many of our patients um, who still have their tonsils. Um, they might not be swollen and inflamed, but they are actually what we call cryptic. So they, they look just, um, you know, they've just been under a lot of chronic stress, and that can mm -hmm. be um, kind of a home base for you know, those bugs. And so, um, and then, um, you know, we also look at, okay, the teeth actually, if there are toxic metals or root canals or cavitations in the wisdom tooth extraction sites, those can actually drain um, into the, the tonsils as well. And I've, I've said this on a couple other podcasts, Dr. Klinghart often call, calls the uh, tonsils um, the toilet of the brain, right? And so if that tissue is compromised, that's going to, um, you know, affect our brain health and our brain detoxification. So, um, so yeah, I can, um, you know, go into more about the tonsils or, you know, go into the, the teeth, but yes. this is all related Both. into how. Both, do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, again, um, when I shared, I went back to last year and I was like, oh, it was all, you know, trust the timing of everything. I sat at a brown bag lunch. Um, it was when Louisa Williams, um, she's a, uh, a chiropractor, naturopath, um, was just coming out with her book called Radical Medicine. And um, she, she opened her talk and she said, you know, what is the first question you ask 
you know, patients, what, what is the first thing you do? And we're like, oh, I don't know. You know, um, we're all students. And she's like, you open your, their mouth and you look in their mouth. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. You know, and after that lecture, I was like, I don't know what she's saying, but I want to learn everything she's, uh, she's doing. And um, she and Dr. Klinger actually developed a lot of the muscle testing together. And so it was, I, you know, it was just kind of, um, you know, just a, um, a sign that, you know, that was kind of the medicine I would be doing. And her, I encourage any of your um, audience, that's a great book. It's a, it's a huge book. It's now av- available on Kindle, but I used to tote that textbook around and just, um, you know, having it near me, I felt like I was, you know, learning this, but it's a great uh, textbook for this medicine. And so, um, so going into the mouth, um, again, we always ask our patients, um, do you currently have amalgams or have you had amalgams? And if you have had your amalgams removed, was it done safely? And have you had heavy metal detoxification post-amalgam removal? So amalgams are an amalgam of metals, one being mercury. And mercury is a known neurotoxin. So the proximity um, of mercury to the brain is, um, you know, again, going to affect um, the brain. Dr. Klinger talks about something called retrograde axonal transport, which is how mercury gets into the um, the neurons, the cranial nerves, and how the cranial nerves um, can get um, toxic with mercury, and then that can um, communicate to the brain. So that's kind of a direct way how um, mercury can get into the brain. And so, um, so if you have amalgams and you have a thyroid condition, um, please, please, please consider mercury as one of the underlying causes that are creating, um, you know, hypothyroid. I want to take also just um, so when I um, explain a little bit more about the mouth, think of where the thyroid gland sits, right? It's kind of at the base of the neck. Um, it's a butterfly-shaped um, gland. Um, you can kind of feel it with your hands, and most doctors, when they're going to evaluate you, they're going to feel your thyroid. And they can use terms like boggy or full, or it feels, you know, enlarged or inflamed. And you can actually feel that yourself, you know. So that tissue should be really soft, and, you know, you shouldn't really feel any, you shouldn't really feel the gland. And But if you feel this firm or kind of this boggy or rubbery sensation in the base of your neck, you most likely have inflammation in your thyroid. But why I'm sharing that, too, is because that gland um, is very, very vascular and kind of at a, um, a huge kind of um, intersection of the body. So a lot of um, blood flow um, basically is um, surrounding the thyroid gland and also our lymph nodes in our mouth drain um, along the veins in our neck. And then um, the vascular, not only the arteries, but also the veins that um, flow into the thyroid can be affected by the um, toxins or infections that are in the mouth. So just you can kind of visualize that, hey, the thyroid is not that far from um, you know, the mouth. So if there's any toxic metal or any infection in the mouth, that can have a downstream effect on the thyroid gland and compromise that tissue. So that's why thyroid health um, is intimately uh, related into our dental um, health. And so going back to kind of what we see is that, um, you know, um, we always, again, screen for amalgams. 
if a patient has amalgams, we always work with a mercury-safe dentist. There's a couple organizations. IAOMT is a very popular one, um, and that is a training certification that dentists go. Um, and, you know, there's a whole protocol that they do. You, if you, you never want to go to a dentist that still puts mercury in people's mouth, and you don't want to get, um, you know, basically your amalgams removed by anyone who is not taking that seriously as well. When people... Um, when dentists remove mercury they um, properly, they are looking like they're in a hazmat suit, basically, because they are handling a very neurotoxic um, metal that they need to be very cautious about their own health as well. So, um, so amalgams are huge. And then root canals, um, this is a controversial topic, but um, I feel very comfortable talking about it, just not only through my personal story, but um, through what we see with patients. But root canals, um, and there's some great books, more and more information, um, and it's a very common dental practice. Um, but root canals essentially are, are dead teeth, and when a tooth dies, um, they take out the nerve, and then they um, they put non-biocompatible material um, in the uh, root canal tooth. They used to, back in the day, they don't do this as much, um, mer mercury can go up in, um, into a root canal as well, and so that can be another um, exposure to mercury. And then over time, they say, oh, that tooth is going to be fine. It's not going to be um, infected. We cleaned it out. We sterilized it. It's all good. But over time, that um, tooth, we call it a, a focal infection. So that tooth can basically be a source of um, not only um, the, the materials that are used, but it can be um, a source of infection. And we know that if there's infection in the mouth, I mean, even conventional doctors know this, cardiovascular you know, health is intimately related to gum health. So if you have um, microbes in your mouth that don't belong there, that can have a huge systemic effect. And then there's other you know, toxins that the root canal um, produces um, called bioethers, mercaptans, these types of things that can have a very toxic effect on, effect on the body. So that's something, you know, to think about. And then we look at, at um, again, another controversial topic, but again, we see this all the time, is that um, the wisdom teeth, when they don't heal properly, there can be, when they're, they're, take out, they're taken out and that, um, that part of the jaw doesn't heal properly, there can be something that's called a cavitation that develops. And a cavitation is a, a source of necrotic or dead bone. And that can basically, um, again, be another source of infection. And then, again, you know, the mouth can affect the tonsils, it can drain into the thyroid, and it can also affect what we call the vagus nerve, which is um, the 10th cranial nerve, and that's hugely um, important in regulating our autonomic nervous system. So um, that also has some innervation into the thyroid gland as well. So uh, this is all, you know, related, and, um, you know, I don't want people to feel discouraged. I want them to feel empowered that, you know, if they have any of these things, um, you know, their health can greatly improve um, with addressing them. So let me let me ask you a question because I'm sure that we're, I know I'm completely overwhelmed and I've never had a cavity, I've never had a root canal, never had my teeth pulled. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's horrible. I have, I've had my gingivitis since I was like, you know, 14. I mean, my, my mother had terrible teeth, terrible gums. So I know that if I'm overwhelmed, my point in that was I know that mm -hmm. people who have mouth issues and teeth issues and gum issues, and I know they're just completely overwhelmed, and I'm sure that, that one of the questions that's running through their head is, 
what do I do? So if mm-hmm. I have a bad tooth, do I not do a cavity? Do I not get it mm-hmm. pulled? What kind of a filling do I use? Do I not get a filling? Do I, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, so right, yeah, am I, I right, know. Dana? Mm-hmm. Is that what's yes, going through that's your head? Me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I have, I have a child that was born to me that had, when I had health syndrome, and he had horrible baby teeth, you know, and they said that it was formed when you were ill and blah, blah, blah. But I have a kid with a, with a mouthful of amalgams my 15-year-old son. So help mm. me here. Help us understand what do we do? Yeah, I'm afraid absolutely. to get them taken out. You yeah. know, I'm afraid to get them taken out. The toxicity's there. You know, what mm-hmm. what do people do when they have a cavity? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Or they have need it. Yeah. The doctor says you have to get a root canal and you're like, "Well, I've heard that these you know, they're not good for you and what are the options?" Well, then they pull your tooth like me and then I'm like toothless now. Mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. and then I think about this one lady that I knew. Okay, this one lady I knew was horribly sick for three, four years. And anyways, long story short, she, I mean, horrible, vertigo, brain fog, massive issues, all these things. She gets this tooth pulled, and, it, and she was like, ah, you know, it was like a brand new person. Right. So where, where is the, the middle ground in this? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, um, and I totally understand that when this is, you know, a lot of information and it can be completely overwhelming. And, you know, at the end of the day, people need to do what is best for them and their bodies. And, you know, um, this is information um, to empower people. And remember, I see people who are very, very sick, who have tried many, many things. And this is one of the most common things that is completely unaddressed and when we not that it's always a smooth path but when we address this issue people it is one of them um, one of the things that helps them recover their health the most so oh. I just want to yeah share that with people the the That's brain amazing. the brain yeah absolutely and um, you know I didn't make this point yet but the um, there's a you can google this um, there are a couple different ones but there is a tooth organ meridian chart. So each tooth actually sits on an acupuncture meridian. And um, our teeth actually develop from the same embryological tissue as our brain. So it, it, our teeth are not um, there. I mean, they have a huge uh, effect. I mean, we kind of think, oh, our teeth, you know, but it, 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 they have a huge effect on the rest of our body. And so um, actually the thyroid tooth is, um, if you have your wisdom tooth out, um, if you count from your in from your upper um, jaw, like not your last molar, but the second molar. So if it's on the the right side, that's tooth number three, and if it's on the left side, that's tooth number fourteen. Fourteen. That's the thyroid tooth. So if people have um, an amalgam root canal, any issue on that tooth, and they have a thyroid. They have a um, hypo or hyperthyroidism. I would encourage them. This kind of moves more to the top of the list of what they need to look at for their health. So um, again, information is, um, you know, um, information, and it's meant to empower people. What you can do right away is, okay, think about your mouth. Think about all the things I said. What, um, you know, what are you challenged with? And then I would encourage people to work with a biological dentist to um, get a proper um, assessment and a plan. And then, um, you know, that is 
um, you know, definitely what, um, you know, the next steps you need to definitely work with a dentist who does this all day long and is very trained um, to help guide you. Because again, as you said, you know, amalgams, you know, it's one thing to have them, but then remove them safely and, you know, supporting the body and also working with not only a biological dentist, but with a either functional, integrative, or naturopathic physician who knows about how to detox the body safely from mercury, how to support, um, you know, support the body. That's a whole, um, you know, you don't just go and do this. You do this with lots of preparation, lots of support, and follow-up. And so I don't want to minimize the amount of, um, you know, time and, you know, um, energy that it will take to address any of these things. But what you can do right away is, um, you know, there's something called oil pooling that I'm sure many of your patients are aware of. It's like, how can we start optimizing, um, you know, the, you know, the, I, I sent our oral you that, that question via brain communication, oh, just yes. so you know. <laughs> That's why I laughed. There's oil pulling that can help minimize the, you know, the um, the pathogenic microbes in our mouth. Um, essential oils can be really, really helpful. Um, you know, there are, um, you know, lots what of different mouth cleanses. You what know, are your I, favorite um, essential oils for the mouth? You know, I work with um, two um, essential oil companies. Um, one is called Vibrant Blue Oil, um, and then I also work with someone um, called WellScent. And WellScent, um, they have a great, um, they have a tooth powder, and they also have um, what I think it's called Watch Your Mouth. Um, and that is a blend that patients really love. Um, and so, um, it's basically, um, you know, blend. I can't remember what everything is in there, but there's um, not only you know the basics like peppermint and things to make your mouth, you know, um, taste um, better, but things to, um, you know, help reduce, um, you know, um, microbes in the mouth. So um, let me let me interrupt pull. you really. Let me interrupt you really quick yeah. and just let you know that um, that was a little bit loaded because um, Tiffany is a. I call her my essential oil guru. She has her own <laughs> oh, good. blend. She's Great. been studying essential Yay. oils since she was, uh, you know, I can't tell you. So she, she's got her own opinion. So she, that was a little bit loaded. So I just wanted to prepare you because she's <laughs> going to have a response. Just watch out. <laughs> yeah, no worries. No. I, hey, I, I no, am, honestly. I, I'm, I'm not an expert in essential oils. I'm just sharing kind of what I right. use and, you know, kind of my <laughs> toolkit. But I'm always open to learning more. And please, please educate me. Oh, gosh, no, I was just, honestly, I was going to ask you, uh, as a naturopathic physician, I mean, I have concerns about people that have, let's say, a toxic brain. So if you add essential oils to the mix with that, they do mm-hmm. cross the blood-brain barrier, and yeah. they can actually add the toxic load to the brain. That's number one. And number two is, my, uh, my mm-hmm. question, before Great we point. even hit essential oils, was the pH of the mouth. So if we add Mm -hmm. baking soda and these different things, you know, is altering the pH of, you know, how we break down food and how all these different things. So it it, microbially, it's amazing. No one's going to argue that. But what Mm -hmm. about those people? And I'm telling you, Mm -hmm. I don't have an answer. I'm Mm -hmm. just really trying to to pick your brain because there's very few people that I can actually talk to Mm -hmm. that go... (laughs) Hmm, with me, I don't have an answer is what I'm saying, but I worry about altering the pH 
of the mouth in particular as one. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. also, you know, they are chemical constituents. They are still chemicals. Mm-hmm. You know, as natural mm-hmm. as we want to refer to essential oils, they still are, you know, um, chemicals. So if we add that to a toxic brain, so do you have any thoughts on that? I would love to hear your you know, to hear your thoughts. It's a it's a great point, and I it, it's um you know we can use it as a powerful tool. Actually, my friend who um, created the vibrant blue oil uh, line, she just did a talk at a seminar we were just at about how. A shout out to Jody. Yeah, Jody. Yeah, Yeah, so she's amazing. And so she actually talked about how essential oils are uniquely positioned to heal and access the brain. And so, um, you know, we can use that to our advantage. But again, not all essential oils are created equally. Um, Some people can have a sensitivity to even a natural compound. um, So they should be used with uh, caution and using a very clean product. So there's a lot of products out there that are not clean that actually have, you know, um, toxins within, you know, because of the way that they are um, prepared without integrity that they are going to be. Girl, we could do a whole show on that. (laughs) I know, right? GCMS testing. So it's so important because it's like, you know, all we have all of the, I mean, we have this amazing industry of health and wellness access to so many tools, but there's a lot of, um, you know, just people can, um, make all sorts of claims and not always, um, you know, just go through all the um, steps that uh, they should in order to really make sure a product is safe. And that's why you really want to work with people um, who you have strong relationships with and are in integrity because, again, um, you know, what can be a, a, a powerful healing tool can also add to toxicity in the uh, in the brain and the body. So I think it's just, you know, that's important. And then, you know, one thing to think about when we're thinking about how do we support, you know, the mouth and prevent cavities and prevent, you know, and, um, you know, all of this dysbiosis in the mouth. It You know, the mouth is a window into our digestive tract as well. So we need to optimize our digestive health, which is a whole other <laughs> you know, um, you know, conversation, you know, um, but that, um, that in turn will also optimize our oral health. And so I just want, you know, not to minimize that, um, you know, our, it, you know, kind of always goes back to the gut, but our gut health is really, really related. And, you know, um, again, you know, as you were saying, the body's very wise and, you know, the, the pH of the mouth, um, is something, you know, we look at um, saliva and urine pH. I, I don't do a ton of this, so I can't speak a lot, with a lot of authority. But um, you know, some people use that as a, um, you know, a, a a very valuable tool to see kind of where the body is. And Dr. Klinghart studied um, a lot of what we call Dr. Ravici's work, and um, he's like this guy who did a lot of he he tested thousands of people in his career, and he basically found that the optimal first morning saliva pH is six point and then the urine pH is, I believe it was 6.2. And so, um, you know, you can kind of see where you're at. And if, let's say we're, um, one of the things um, that's important is that the saliva pH is actually more alkaline than the urine pH because you need that gradient in order to detoxify. And so if you start measuring your pHs and um, one is flipped, like the urine is more alkaline than the um, then the saliva, you, you kind of have a problem there. And then if you're either too acidic or too alkaline, I know everyone's um, very um, in the health and wellness community talks about um, the power of an alkaline system, which is true, but there's also you can be 
you know, too much of a good thing. It, it always goes back to balance, right? right. Um, balance. And so, yeah, yeah that, that whole, you know, my mom always said moderation is the key, <laughs> you know, so, so it's, it's always coming back it's to balance, true. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's mm-hmm. multiple pH readings in the body. It's not like we have one, you know, I mean, that's such a, Absolutely. such a misconception and it all has, you know, our skin is acidic for us for a particular reason. There's a reason for that, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, uh, absolutely. And our blood pH is completely tightly. It's a different, completely regulated. different story. <laughs> it's very regulated. And if you are, if your pH is off in your blood, you're very, you're very, very sick and in the hospital. So it's right. a whole different conversation. Yeah. I'll tell you, it's <sighs> such a fascinating, it's such a fascinating topic. And I, I honestly, I'm so excited, uh, you know, just going back for the future of essential oils, particular inhalation, like we're seeing lots of, lots of actual PubMed studies that are coming out on inhalation in particular, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, but the future of essential oils is amazing. And as we get more and more concrete studies on them, uh, I'm just so excited for the future. I really am. Mm -hmm. That's my my two cents on that. (laughs) But as somebody (laughs) who works with them and, you know, uh, I've had kidney issues since birth, you know, um, I still have a very intense respect and um, and caution mm-hmm. with them, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, people say, oh, my gosh, you know, you work with essential oils all day long, and this, you must just, you must use them a lot. And I'm like, yeah, no, I, I really don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I use yeah. them in, in very, very small amounts for, for very mm-hmm. specific reasons, and mm-hmm. um, I just feel like there's a, a, there's a tremendous respect for these, you know, amazing concentrations Plants. that mm-hmm. that we're losing. You know what I mean? We're kind of abusing them, and and uh, so I just kind of want to mm-hmm. put that out there. But I am really excited for the future of medicine and the integration, and and mm-hmm. just work with the vagus nerve, and it's really mm-hmm. exciting. You know, it's it's very Absolutely. exciting. Absolutely, we've had lots of conversations about all of that, so it's it's fun. And you know her. <laughs> Um, okay, so really quickly, root canals. Just, just, just go there just a little bit because I know you, I know you touched on it a little bit, but um, it's a really big, it's a really big topic, and not a lot of people can appreciate some of this uh, information. So if you don't mind just touching back on that just a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So there are a couple books out there. One is called um, The Root Canal Cover-Up. The other one's called, um, I think, Toxic Tooth. So um, there are a couple, um, you know, books to get more information. I personally, um, I actually went through this my um, through my own health experience. So I, I have a lot of firsthand knowledge of this. And I, when I was young, I uh, was riding my bike and fell on my um, face and basically broke my uh, two front teeth in half. And I... Um, you know, kind of went through this whole process. And then um, when I was in college, they found that I had a huge abscess um, around um, one of the teeth. And so they did a root canal at that time. So I got two root canals. And around that time, actually, um, when it's funny, you don't realize things until you look back. Um, I've I've, um, been, I've uh, struggled with a little hypothyroidism myself. And um, that was about the time, uh, maybe a year or two after I got my root canals that I actually excuse me, started to get um, hypothyroidism. And so, you know, I saw that. And then within my own, um, you know, work, I, I'm 
fortunate that I am blessed with um, good health, um, but I, you know, saw a lot of what my patients were going through, and I, um, I made the decision um, a couple years ago to get my root canals extracted, and so I know what that is, and these are my front teeth, so it's actually my um, tooth seven and eight, so it's my uh, right front tooth and the one next to it, so I understand, you know, um, the courage it takes to actually extract teeth and, you know, what all of that that brings up, but I, I knew on a very cellular level that if I didn't do this now, this would impact my health down the road. And so, um, you know, I, I felt, um, you know, and I, I asked my patients to do this all the time. So I, I felt really that it was really important, um, to kind of, um, you know, do what I, you know, kind of, um, you know, practice the medicine I, I share. And so, um, so it's step one is that you um, need to get these root canals extracted. And again, that needs to be a whole um, process of working with a biological dentist and biological plus a, a phys- yeah, and a physician um, because of everything that can come up around there. I mean, we've been able to send these root canals into a lab called DNA Connections, and you would not even believe what's in there. You know, there's different viruses, different bacteria, entamoebas, Bartonella. I mean, these are not, um, you know, um, these are stealth pathogens that are in, you know, in our mouth. And so, um, so that has to be cleaned out properly. So then the, not only the teeth need to be extracted, but the jaw needs to be cleaned out. Usually uh, dentists use something called ozone, which is going to um, be a very strong antimicrobial um, agent to kill um, and clean out the jaw. And then um, a lot of um, dentists are using something called PGRF, um, which is um, a, a, they draw your blood, spin it down, and essentially it's platelet-rich fibrinogen, which um, is going to create a stem cell effect um, to help you heal more quickly in the area. And then, um, you know, and then you need teeth, right? And so um, there are implants out there, and, um, you know, we actually are not pro-titanium implant because even though it's an inert metal, it can um, it can create something called a type 4 hypersensitivity in the body, and anyone who has an autoimmune disease should not have a titanium implant. Um, it also can be um, pick up more um, EMF or EMR. Um, you can be more sensitive to electromagnetic radiation with a titanium implant, and so if you have a neurological illness, and have a titanium implant, I would highly encourage you to think about getting that removed. And then um, we use something called zirconium, and zirconium is ceramic. Um, it is, um, you know, newer um, in the U.S. In Europe, they've been using it. They're a little bit ahead of us. Um, you know, we actually work with a dental clinic in Switzerland because of um, they're just a little bit more advanced than the zirconium implants. But there are people in, the, in North America, and more and more dentists are doing this. And so the ceramic is actually way more biocompatible. And it can actually um, um, it, the the gum the the bone and the gum actually heal very nicely around it, um, and so. Um, so yeah, um, you know, this is not, you know, this is not a easy decision, but if your health is compromised and, you know, you've tried a lot of things and you're still stuck, um, that's when, um, you know, you can think about, uh, making these decisions. Um, I, again, don't consider this information light in any way. It's very, you know, involved and very serious, but when you don't have your health, you know, that's a whole other, right. you know, issue. So we're just happy well, that we the can mouth, share. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the mouth seems like a very logical place to start for chronic illness. Yeah. I mean, it's something that is functioning all day long, every day. 
you know, I mean, even even simple salivary production can cause people significant health issues, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. but so it sounds like the doable thing is to find a biological dentist. Get an evaluation mm-hmm. that would, if you're concerned, mm-hmm. right? That's a, that's a simple step one for, you know, um, you know, thyroid patients have a tendency to feel very overwhelmed just when they wake up and take their first breath in the morning. So a really mm-hmm. functional step would be go and find a biological dentist and get a good evaluation, right? Would that be mm-hmm. a good that one? That would be great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I want to do some, some doable things if we can. Um, oil pulling, Absolutely. you said, is a great opportunity. Please, mm-hmm. for the love of all things sacred, never swallow your oil pulling. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Please. Good point. Spit it out. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's really important. And spit multiple times, not just once. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to, mm-hmm. you know, pull, if that makes any sense, and spit again. I have to tell you a funny mm-hmm. thing. Dr. Wheel one time, I'm like, God, is there, is there science on oil pulling? I mean, what, what is the, I mean, it, it's, it's logical. And I found this article from Dr. Wheel that said, okay, I have no idea how this works. There's no credible scientific information, but just know that it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally, if you Google Dr. Will and oil pulling, that is what he says. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I can wrap my head around that, so you don't get it either, but it works, and that's just what we need to know, right? So that's a super helpful thing. And, Doc, what are a couple other doable things for the listeners mm-hmm. that, that that's Absolutely. easy? Obviously, finding a biological dentist, oil yeah, pulling. Mm-hmm. massage like to, lymph massage yeah I have that's to tell a great you, massage point. scares me to death because i get very very ill after massages it's you know too much of a load i'm sure on my it's kidneys a, i'm sure there's a reason for that and i had someone contact me after we did one of the last shows that mentioned that she got very ill after massage too so it's a really powerful detox tool right how do we do it safely and is that something that you would recommend so, um, great points. So I see that a lot. So, you know, with lymph drainage massage and also massage, um, there are two different types of body work. But what you're sharing with is that when you're moving your connective tissue, you essentially feel sick. And the connective tissue is that um, space where the um, what we call fascia is. It's um, kind of that space in between our cells. That is where the majority of our toxicity and the infections live. So if you feel sick from that, that is a sign that you need a lot more support and looking at the underlying causes. We actually have developed a whole form of, you know, this is a whole other conversation, but Lyme testing, it started off with um, rolfing and then it, um, you know, evolved into doing therapeutic ultrasound. But we had people, we basically, um, you know, why people get a lot of false negatives with uh, Lyme testing is because Lyme doesn't live in the blood, it lives in the connective tissue and different parts of our bodies. And so we thought, hey, if we stimulate the connective tissue and then collect the urine after because basically lymph drains and it has to get filtered through the kidneys, so the urine is kind of what we can measure. Um, We looked at um, Lyme and co-infections, and we've been doing this for a few years now, and we um, it's a PCR or DNA-based test, so it's like either the bug is there or not there. It's um, I mean, it's not perfect, but it's a very, um, we're not looking at the immune response, but actually the um, the actually the infection itself, and we have seen so many more positive tests with that strategy. So I'm just kind of re- relating that that is a um, very real phenomenon. And you know, um, if you know, we use a lot of 
um, things like binders and colon hydrotherapy and ionic foot baths and, you know, things to support the body um, when that is mobilized. So you need an exit route. Um, we love um, coffee enemas and colon hydrotherapy. I never recommend, especially when people are starting lymphatic drainage, they always pair that with either a coffee enema or a colonic um, to help remove the flow of lymph in the offload the liver um, when um, when you do that. So just an FYI there, but, you know, bringing it back to, you know, practical solutions, you know, um, one of the things, you know, that we can also consider um, in the mouth, um, we use a lot of not only essential oils, but ozonated oils. So that um, there's a company that we work um, with, Dr. Clinart formulates for them called BioPure, and they actually have these um, oils called O3 oils, and they're a combination of essential oils plus ozone, so they have a strong antibacterial, antifungal, and antiviral effect in the mouth. So you can apply that to your root canal tooth, um, you know, at night and go to bed. Um, there's also another um, company, I think it's Premier Research Labs, that has something called the Medi Dental Pack. It's kind of like um, a very drawing tool, so you can actually pack um, it looks like a, you know, kind of like a powder that you add water to. So it's like a clay mask, you know, a kind of um, right. technique in that you pack the tooth and that can draw toxins out of the tooth. So again, reducing the burden. And then we use a lot of what we call MSM. MSM is a sulfur containing compound. Um, a lot of our connective tissues made up of uh, sulfur. And I know there's sulfur sensitivity. That's a whole other conversation, but this is a very I biologically. I was just going to ask you that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I sent that yeah. via brain yeah. too. What about people that yeah, are sulfur? Yeah, yeah, sulfur so sensitive MSM is, is that. Yeah, MSM is usually very tolerable um, for that. I mean, if you're truly allergic to sulfur, you would not be alive. But there are, um, you know, um, definitely sulfite sensitivity. So this is something different. But some people don't tolerate MSM. Again, you've got to work with your doctor and, you know, see what's right for you. But why I share that is because root canals, um, those toxins, bioethers and mercaptans, and they, they basically, um, to keep it simple, they, they use a lot of our sulfur in our body because in order to get rid of them, the body needs, um, it's a sulfur uh, pathway. And so then we become sulfur deficient. And then sulfur is actually very um, needed to detoxify, um, you know, other, you know, substances. So, um, so that, you know, I, I'm just sharing kind of our protocol that we, um, if people tolerate it and they are not sensitive to MSM, um, we'll put that in um, the protocol. And then lymph drainage, getting good lymph drainage, um, there is actually, if you go to our website, um, sophiahi.com, and click on resources, and then I think videos, um, there's Dr. Klinghart doing a self-lymphatic drainage massage. And so um, it's basically kind of massaging the tissues in your neck, and you get to your thyroid gland as well, but opening kind of that drainage in the neck um, can definitely improve, um, you know, lymph drainage. And that's something you can do right now. I mean, you don't have to go to a practitioner. Um, again, right. if you're sensitive and you feel like that aggravates you, that's just a sign that you need more support. But most people tolerate that just fine. Now, is there any uh, concerns that you would have uh, with a lymph massage? I mean, to me, it's it's something I would love to do, but I'm I honestly have to be completely honest. I'm afraid to do it. And you know, it, mm -hmm. it kind of it kind of reminds me of a dentist. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. <laughs> a biological right. dentist. It's like, are you sure you know what you're doing here? <laughs> mm -hmm. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? It's almost like there has to be a cert, you know, certified lymph drainage massage. You know, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, does that Absolutely. make sense? Because yeah, it, it really can make all. people very ill. 
not all therapists are created equal, so you definitely want to, um, you know, look at so true, a couple right? techniques that are tried and true are VODER, V-O-D-D-E-R. People who go through that training are very skilled. Um, we're actually doing a technique we've called Sophia Matrix at Sophia, but um, you can find other um, lymph specialists um, to do this. But they, um, it's all about actually draining what we call the lymph the lymph in the gut, and basically your head cannot drain if there's congestion in the abdomen. So um, even in thin people, you can have what's called radix lymphedema, which is the lymph buildup in the intestines. And by moving that lymph and getting that to drain through what we call the cisterna chile and kind of the abdominal lymph system, that can actually improve and allow your head and your extremities to drain. And so um, what I would suggest is if you are afraid and fearful of lymph drainage, you know, really invest in yourself and invest in your health. Um, Look into seeing, um, you know, a functional medicine doctor or a integrative physician or, of course, a naturopathic physician um, and really get um, a comprehensive uh, look at you know why why are you reactive what do you, what might um, be mobilized or what um, organs of elimination and detoxification are compromised that you have such strong reactions and you know we we always want to support the the colon the liver the kidney the skin the lungs so this is not um, a do it yourself um, it's not you a know, do it yourself program. exactly mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I've had my my first kidney failure was six years old, so I was mm-hmm. I've had kidney issues. That's been my nemesis since mm. birth. <laughs> oh. But I think I'm just flying well, to Seattle. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah, no, I would love to see you. I'd be happy, you know, I'd be happy to see you. And we, hey, this is just a very a taste of what we know and what we do, and um, we have lots and lots of tools, you know, to help you. So, I have a question, really quick. Um, I've always had lymph issues and swollen lymph nodes and. Since I, as long as I can remember, so that seems normal or not. But like, does everybody have lymph draining issues? I mean, is that more common? Um, how do you know? It's very common. You know, it's very common. I think one of the other things that is often overlooked when patients come to see us is this acknowledgement or understanding of the lymph system. You know how um, their health is related, and then they start feeling better once we address those. And so it's an often overlooked system, and not this is kind of where you know basically what the lymph system is is this kind of flow of waste out of our um, out of our blood, um, and it gets recycled, um, and that's where basically um, you know our body fights infection and toxins. And so if people have swollen lymph nodes, I think of Epstein Barr or other viruses. I also think of you know um, metal. Um, heavy metals and other um, known toxicants. And then also Bartonella is a co-infection in Lyme where one of the um, clinical signs is that you feel like there's a string of pearls in your neck. Um, the lymph um, the lymph in the um, neck can be compromised. Bartonella um, is called cat scratch disease. So if you've had a cat, Bartonella can be, um, you know, uh, an exposure there. Um, Bartonella, there's actually a paper that shows that it can also uh, trigger autoimmune thyroiditis. Um, a friend, Dr. Evan Hirsch, who's actually also a uh, Lyme literate MD who is south of us in Olympia, Washington. He's done some talks on, you know, treating thyroid with Bartonella. Um, treating Bartonella. You should invite him on your show. Um, he knows a lot about that. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I was just going to ask you to say his name again because I didn't quite catch it. Yeah, yeah Evan yeah. Hirsch, H-I-R-S-C-H. Yeah, so he um, he's a great um, physician, um, but he 
you know, he has been speaking about this, but we've known for, you know, a while that, you know, that can be, again, when you think about the anterior neck, the um, lymph nodes, um, and then the proximity to the thyroid, um, you know, this all is related. And so, um, again, I guess I would, you know, leave your listeners, you know, with this too. It's like nothing is random in the body. There is always a reason. And so don't just settle for, oh, I have swollen lymph nodes or I feel worse when I get a massage or, you know, all of these things. It's like this is your body sharing information of something uh, deeper and very, very treatable once you understand what it is. Wow. Wow. Yes. Wow. This has to literally be one of the greatest information-packed shows that we have done. Yeah. Oh, thank Dude, you. We need to schedule you for like twelve shows. Yeah. We, in fact, we, we just want to. We just want to hang out. We want to hang out for lunch right? one day we and just let you talk day. to us. We could talk all day. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, the, it, it makes me wonder as I was listening to you talk. I'm thinking, how many people are just these little toxin sponges walking around, and how that, you know, is just it's proliferating this chronic illness and until Mm -hmm. the body says, I can't do this anymore. You know, we don't Mm -hmm. ever address toxins and we live in this massive toxic world. Mm -hmm. It's it's crazy. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine what life was like a hundred years ago compared to now? It's, it's well, that's really what I mean. the reason we have why this... people are sick. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, we are meant to have these, you know, vibrant, vital, healthy bodies. And um, unfortunately, even, you know, babies, they've looked at cord blood. You know, there's 20,000 different chemicals. And, you know, when we when we start, you know, when we, when we come into the planet, you know, and I really, um, I feel so passionate about this work. And I think we have you know, so much work to do. And it's really um, not only for our own health, but the future of the planet and the future of our children. And, you know, we see autistic kids and my, my heart breaks um, for the parents and the children who are, who are struggling. But this is, you know, um, an environmental issue and we, we need to educate ourselves and, and demand that we do better. And it goes so much further than eating well. People are like, okay, uh-huh. well, I, I, I'm eating well, and I'm avoiding, you know, I'm eating organic, and I'm eating whole foods, and I'm avoiding the glyphosate, right? But then they're, uh-huh. you know, they go into their house, and they're surrounded by, you know, the plastic. Your computer. The, it goes so much further than the just phone. eating well to be well, uh-huh. you know? My uh-huh. goodness. Yeah, we can, mm-hmm. we, can just, we can just keep talking and keep talking. We are so Good, very we know grateful you are so to busy. have you. <laughs> yeah. Oh. This, this has been amazing, Dr. Schaffner. Thank you so very, very much. And we connected on Facebook not too long ago, and I'm just so very grateful. I've got goosebumps. And if I'm ever that direction, or maybe I should plan to be, we're just, at first we're going to the doctor's office and doing all that, then we're going to lunch. <laughs> Yes, my treat. Absolutely. My treat. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. No, I so appreciate you reaching out, and I'm happy to, you know, be a resource. And, you know, we are in Seattle. Um, you know, we have a clinic, Sophia Health Institute. We are doing more and more information online. So if you can't come see us, you know, check our website out. There's, you know, lots of blog articles, and, you know, we're really committed to doing more education. We actually are um, going to, um, Wendy Myers and I are going to do a heavy metal summit in January. So we're, committed to doing more and more education. So if you can't come see us, you have um, things to bring to your doctor. And 
um, you know, more information so you can, you know, get back to your life. Yeah, that's mm, what we were gonna awesome. we were gonna ask you before we let you go what you had new on the horizon. So it sounds like you and Wendy are uh, she's gonna be on in a couple of weeks actually again for the she's second great. or third time. Yeah, <laughs> she she and I have met through a conference and have similar missions, and um, you know she's a really great woman, and you know so we decided that this would be a really fun collaboration. And Dr. Klinghart will also be on the uh, the summit doing some interviews as well. But we we want to just continue to share more information. That's fabulous. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time Mm -hmm. to be with us today. We will share all of your platforms with all the uh, listeners so that they will know exactly where to find you, and we are just grateful. So have a fabulous day. Don't inhale too much of that yucky smoke floating your way, (laughs) and uh, we will chat soon. And let let us know what we can do to help you with the – the summit that you and guys – that you and uh, Wendy are doing. We, of course, are here to help and promote, so – Okay, have a great day. Thank you both. It was lovely meeting you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye Bye-bye. Oh, my goodness. Talk about a powerhouse of information. That was, I'm still stuck with the fact that that her brain shrinks 60%. Me too. (laughs) I know. Our brain like, shrinks 60% while we're sleeping. That is just amazing. No one's ever told us that before. Where have we been? <laughs> well, it sounds oh like she's just, she's just amazing. You know, I mean, I, I, I can close my eyes and picture being in the clinic. I mean, that's, I'm in a, I'm stuck in a flower field. I'm not sure what to say. I know. She Me just, too. Just amazing powerhouse of information. Like, can you imagine the shows that we would like to do with her? No, I mean, yes, I can. Lyme disease, you know, Lyme disease is something we've never really done a show on. I mean, just entirely. People bring it up, but. Yes, we're going to. We need to. Um, You had a a doctor that you were going to ask her the name of, um, and so let's, uh, I'll connect with her after the show and uh, get that. Yeah, the PH doc, I wanted to, she mentioned Didn't she mention, she mentioned a Lyme doctor, too. I can't remember. She had, we're going to have to go back and listen to our own show, Tiff, and take some notes. Right. Well, the Lyme doctor was Dr. Uh, the doc she works with. Oh, the that's Kling, right. Something like that. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I okay. think they, that's right. they specialize yeah. in Lyme disease there. Klinghart. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to have to get that name to, to my friend. Klinghart. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, this was wonderful. And uh, yeah, so much information. I'm going to have to go back and listen. All right. You, I know, right? Totally. I, there's like my head is reeling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I have to go back and listen to this again. But you can find all things, Doctor Christine. I forgot how she said it again. It's not Christine Schaffner. 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 There you go. Um, so uh, www.drchristineschaffner.com. That's spelled S-C-H-A-F-F-N-E-R. Of course, the uh, Sophia hi.com which is the clinic and oh my goodness Bella, Bella Fiore amazing. medical spa and the Bella she Fiore has... med spa.com yeah mm-hmm. absolutely she was wonderful truly lots of information I need to go like lay down and just like let that resonate get my flower filled moments let that resonate as always, a very big thank you to our listeners. We really enjoy doing these shows. And if you enjoy listening, we would love a little review on iTunes. You can just uh, 
head there and leave us a little note. You could also go to Thyroid Radio, scroll down the page, and you, uh, click the button. It'll take you right there. And if you've missed any of the shows, uh, we can download them. We're on iTunes, podcasts, all the podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, all those. You can find us anywhere. Mm-hmm. And be sure to check out Thyroid Nation Essentials at thyroidnation.com. It is very safely diluted. I use it every day. I love it. Uh, just wonderful, clean, preservative-free, uh, also professional guideline dilutions, which is really important, in my opinion, uh, in the essential oil uh, usage community. We'll put it that way. But um, formulated with love and light, and just to keep you additionally toxin-free. Everything is in glass, which is really important, particularly with essential oils. <laughs> Because they yes. can draw from plastic. So mm-hmm. I don't know, just my opinion. I don't think essential oils ever belong in plastic, particularly not pure, but uh, even even when they're diluted, that's just Tiffany's two cents on that Tiffany's one. two cents. Make sure to follow <laughs> Thyroid Nation at thyroidnation.com on Facebook. We're on all the social media platforms. And also the uh, Hashimoto's uh, Facebook group. You can find about find out about all the guests that are upcoming and past guests and ask questions and get involved. So check us out there. Mm-hmm. And of course, most importantly, Dana and I always want to remind you that wellness is a journey and takes continual maintenance and evaluation. There's levels of healing, you know, once you, you know, and baby steps are good to, to you're, you're always going to be healing and working towards that. Your body is going to tell you, it's going to support you all the way through this journey by telling you what's working and what's not. Uh, so just, just be mindful of what it's telling you and, and make sure that you're listening. Yeah, it will tell you. And uh, Dr. Schaffner was uh, pretty much uh, singing the same singing the same tune earlier. Listen to your body, right? It's pretty smart. For this sure. Is Anna, and go sorry, seek out. Oh, sorry. I'm done. I'm done. I'm over it. Biological dentist. Uh, yes, biological, biological dentist. Oh, dentist. I just I already Googled for, for Colorado Springs. I already Googled one. I found one. It's on my list to do's. All right. I'm ready for this that. Is, this is Dana, your Thyroid Nation Green Katika. And Tiffany Maladnich. Bringing the collective voice of thyroid thrivers worldwide so that together, united we heal. Thanks, guys. See you next week.